Hi friends, I'm Paige. And I'm Abby. And welcome to a Love Like This podcast. Hey you guys. So we knew we wanted to have an episode in this season that was talking really heavily on faith and we're so excited about it. So joining us today, we have Natasha Collins. Tash loves God so much. Her husband and her two beautiful kids are just such a light in our lives. And Tash was actually our biblical studies teacher in high school. And then after graduating school, Tash has remained one of our best friends and closest mentors. She's literally like our go-to person, besides our mom and our family, for advice on faith and all things life. We love Tash so much. We hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Let's go. Guys, we have Natasha Collins in the building. Hey, Tash. Hey. <laughs> How are you going? I'm good. How That's are you? Good. I'm good. That's good. <laughs> All right, Tash. We're going to start. You ready? Already. Okay. So for somebody who doesn't know who you are or for our listeners who have no idea who Natasha Collins is, mm-hmm. can you talk to us a little bit about who you are okay. and your life? <laughs> I sure can. Um, well, I am a mom. Um, that's a very important role in my life. I am the mother of two precious little children. They're um, definitely precious. <laughs> Aquila, she's six years old, and my son Uriah, who's three, turns four in October. I am also um, an English and Biblical Studies teacher at Australian Christian College, um, and I teach some of the most incredible students on the planet I'm also married to my wonderful husband, Clement, and we'll be, like, our anniversary is coming up in September, and we'll be married for seven years. And, um, oh, my gosh, what else? I love poetry. I love salsa dancing. I love um, <laughs> so I love God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, that sums up Tash, salsa, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Literally. Yeah, that's Those right. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually like painting as well. It was one of the things that I did during, like, lockdown. Really? I know. Who knew? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And <laughs> just a quick little note. Tash was our teacher. I sure was. <laughs> Although you didn't teach us any academic subjects. No. You taught us biblical, biblical studies. studies since year 11. Yeah. Yeah, year 11. Mm-hmm. And since then, after graduating high school, Tash has become our best friend slash mentor slash spiritual mom slash <laughs> everything in between Tash you're amazing Aww. like there's not one title for you I think everyone can agree Aww. with us on that one um but Tash can you give us like a little brief you don't have to go into like much detail but yeah. can you give us like an outline about how you came to know God how yeah. did your life get changed for knowing him like yeah that whole story well like I went to a like a Catholic school and I came from a pretty religious family and so I've known about God since I was little, you know. Um, but I think it it was just for me personally, and that that's not the expression for every single person who comes from a religious background, but for me it really just was about religion. It was just about mm-hmm. the sacraments and it was about the next thing that I needed to do to tick off my list to go to the next thing, you know, yeah. or you get your like convert, like communion, confirmation, like that, you know, yeah. um, and all of that. And, and I loved it and I still love God, but I think this whole concept of having a personal relationship with God wasn't like that, that didn't exist 
for me, like I always pray to God, but having a conscious relationship with God wasn't a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was in year seven, um, one of my friends, Sarah, she like shared the gospel with me, I had a cousin that shared the gospel with me. And like all these people like sowed seeds over, like in my life over many years. And then finally, um, what a really, really close family friend, she became a Christian and I saw the difference between her life and mine and I saw the difference between her relationship with God and mine. And she spoke to God like a best friend and she heard from God like a friend would speak to her, you know, just yeah. another friend, you know what I mean? And so I became jealous of that, you know. I I was jealous because I, I thought, wow, like if I could have a, a relationship with the creator of the universe, like why wouldn't you? And so that kind of, you know, that's what I I got really curious about faith at that point. And it was like at 18, um, that's when I, I went and I, 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 she took me to church and I remember hearing a sermon about sins, hangups and addictions and that we didn't have to live in this like limited, um, impulsive kind of life but we there is a freedom that's available in god Mm -hmm. and i like was weeping and i was like i need that and like i just felt i didn't know what was happening to me but now i know in hindsight like that was the holy spirit knocking on the door of my heart and i responded to that to that um to that call and that was on the 26th of march 2006 and Mm -hmm. so my life has Mm -hmm. never been the same since that point i think it's so amazing how you can remember the date and like the time because yeah. you can celebrate that every year. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So Tash, for someone who doesn't know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people have the idea that he's just, you know, a man in history who died yeah. on the cross. Can you talk to us a little bit about who Jesus is and what he's done? Yeah. So, oh, man, Ooh, that's a big question. Yeah, it's a loaded is. question. <laughs> Jesus, like, There is so much that I need to say about him objectively without my subjective opinion (laughs) um, because I have so many things to say about him subjectively. Like he's the most amazing person, you know. But um, objectively, (laughs) like if you don't know who Jesus is, like Jesus is the perfect embodiment of the Father. Mm. You know, we know that we're all made in the image of God and we're all called as God's children. And Jesus perfectly modeled what that looked like. It was like the blueprint for humanity. And um, unlike, unlike any other person who has influenced um, culture, different societies, um, Jesus literally revolutionized the world. Like our whole world was tipped upside down because of the existence of this man. Um, and it's because he wasn't merely a man. Um, like I said, like he was, you know, he was conceived by a virgin and, you know, like the being over, like by being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And like he, he it, it was supernatural and so, um, you know, he, he can't just be like, we can't just be like, oh, yeah, he was just a moral teacher and a good person. He was so much more than that, you know, like Gandhi's a great teacher. You know, Buddha was 
a great teacher. You know, there are all these other people that come from different lines of faith that were great teachers, but there is something start like um, there is something significantly um, unique and different when we talk about Jesus. He, mm. He's not like everybody else. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like that raises more no, questions than answers. No, <laughs> yeah. Tash, no, I was going to say, if you wanted to like put out your subjective, like from your point of view about who Jesus is to you. You know, I like I talk, I've spoken to you girls like in the past about how important it is because I truly believe that we, because we're made in the image of God, we originally, our like our original state is born of God, right? And so there is something innate in each and every one of us that wants something more than what we're experiencing in life. You know, where, um, you know, like where, like we have different parts of our being, you know, your, your body, soul and spirit. And our spirit kind of lays dormant until it's awakened, if, yeah. you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I really believe that it's, it's at that point when, and the Holy Spirit is always working and moving. There is no difference between the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God. So whenever I use those phrases, I use them interchangeably because they're all one, right? They're not different entities. Um, but, you know, like Jesus, Holy Spirit, is constantly working in our hearts to awaken us to who we really are, you know? And they and Jesus is like the friend that leads you back home, you know? So for me it's like your know, Jesus is the one that says, "Hey, like um, you know, wake up. Like welcome yeah. back. Like let's like let me show you who you're actually called to be." And so he is like my teacher. He is like my best friend. He's my all in all. I learned so much from him. I like study the gospels um, thoroughly, regularly. Probably I would say that I get stuck in the gospels more than any other book. You know, probably like Ephesians and and um, is another book that I get stuck <laughs> into a lot. But but the gospels is um, because I feel like while the Bible's incredible. Um, you know, I get to see Jesus face to face in the Gospels, yeah. you know. That's yeah, actually, so that's what happened to me last night, Tash. I was reading in um, Matthew mm. and I was like reading these stories about Jesus and I was like, wow, he was so cool. And I was like, oh, wait, I can talk to him right now. Mm. Like I have the mm. opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, I mm. love your views on who he is to you because everything you said, I feel like humans and I know all of us, I feel like I'm speaking for you too, Tash. Before we knew who we were in Christ, mm. it was like humans were made with that void that it needs to be full. And people, if they don't, they fill it with other things. That's mm-hmm. just, that's why there's like, that's why they're never fulfilled because mm-hmm. it's it's never going to be fulfilled because it's not him. You know what I mean? But yeah. So Tash, while you're talking about the Gospels and the Bible, for someone who has no idea or doesn't want to read it because mm-hmm. I know I was that person before I found the message Bible which yeah. is written in mm-hmm. modern day text but as a like the Bible as a whole like what is it what is the Bible I feel like it's this unfolding narrative of um, God's creation kind of thing you know we start right at the beginning of Genesis when God spoke the world um, into existence and we know how the story ends you know the bride comes back to the father you know and so 
and we get to experience, we get to live through history and we, we get to live through, um, you know, prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. And I think like, you know, um, it's, you know, it's a like the, the Bible carries the truth of God, it carries the word of God that changes our hearts and changes our minds and thoughts and um, and not because it's necessarily like in a an indoctrinating sense. It's because, you know, truth resonates with truth. There's something in our spirit that resonates with what the word is saying because it testifies to our spirit what it's saying is truth, you know. And I feel like we get, um, you know, we grow in our understanding of who the Father is. You know, we see the character of God, that this redemptive, um, unfailing, merciful um, saviour that is always like that whose intentions is always to love us and always to redeem us to not destroy us you know what I mean like to not abandon us he like says that over and over again I can like I've got like three like (laughs) books in the bible where I can literally pull verses from but um that's really what it is you know what I mean and it's an invitation to know this story I was gonna say that it's like it's literally like a physical invitation where you can like dive into a book that's not it's not necessarily, it's not fiction. It's, yeah. it's actual facts. And you know what? Historical recount. I've had this thought lately and there's an exercise. I think I saw it on Pinterest or something. And it was like, you write a list of thoughts that you have about yourself or about, you know, other things of life. For example, um, uh, I'm so ugly. Something like that. It's a lie. And then you write, uh, I guess, a, a contradiction to that. A biblical tru- truth. A biblical truth. Yeah, yeah. And the thing I love about the Bible is because it's not, not fake news it's actual truth like think about the definition of what you know and i tried in my sermon that i preached last year i tried so hard to but i was like it's truth nothing is more true than this like Mm -hmm. how do you because it is truth yeah that's that yeah Yeah. and you know what's beautiful though is that it goes beyond the book Mm -hmm. you know and i know people get really nervous depending on like what circle you're from like a lot of conservative christians go no it doesn't no it doesn't (laughs) it goes this is where it stays (laughs) yeah no but Truth is not in necessarily a book. You got to hear me, right? This is that's a printed text. Truth is in the person. You know, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Truth isn't in a doctrine. Truth is in a person, and it's and it's like coming into knowledge of this person and coming to the relationship with the person Mm -hmm. that even like you don't just read the stories; you experience it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And And you firsthand, you know the character of who he is. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah, and to me, that changes everything. Like when I think about Jesus, and I know like our family talks about this all the time is he's literally like the perfect example of how I want to live. Everything that he has to offer is like, oh my gosh, I want to be that humble. I want to be that loving. Yeah. I want to be that forgiving. Like that's him. That's who he is. Mm. And it's just crazy to me that he's like the son of God, the creator of everything. The point that like, you made about, you know, like experience and stuff, it kind of leads me into my next question. You know, you know, mine and Abby's testimony. We'll share that later in the, in the podcast. But like we've experienced moments where like, wow, he's faithful. Or like mm. a wow moment. Have you had a moment in your walk with the Lord where you've just been like, whoa, I can't believe you just did that? Oh, too many times. <laughs> like, like, are you talking about like this week or like this <laughs> like year? Like, <laughs> last year? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of, oh, like so many, um, so many. But let's just go with the most recent one, right? Because yeah. like the Bible does say that we shouldn't like rest on yesterday's manner. You know what I mean? Like, you know, while I've got some wild stories that have happened um, throughout my journey, you know, like what, 2006, it's been what, 14 years or something since I, I've been really diving into the, this stuff. 
Um, one particular testimony is, I think I told you girls this, yeah, um, <laughs> that um, so it was coming up to the end of last term mm-hmm. and I desperately needed a break. It was um, a really, really full-on season um, and, it, you know, and just with COVID and everything, it's put a lot of pressure on teachers and stuff like that. We've just been working really, really hard and, you know, um, you know, I carry a lot of responsibility in my personal life and, and in my professional life and stuff like that. And I just, I just wanted some consecrated time with my family. Um, and so we had a little bit of savings, but some unforeseen um, situations kind of popped up where, you know, like we needed like some of our pipe, like we needed a plumber to come in to fix the pipes or we needed um, like my husband need, like broke his phone. He's been working from home. So he needed to buy a new phone and it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. throwing money. <laughs> and <laughs> I slowly started seeing our savings like depleting and I was just was really nervous because I was like, I can't book anything because we don't actually have any money um, to book anything to go away that's outside of our daily expenses, you know. And um, and I was getting really nervous because I was like, oh, like I was saying to my husband, I'm like, oh, like I, I, it's, I don't want to go away because I just want some luxury holiday. I just need to get out. Like I need to get out of this house. Like I just need time away um, from these familiar settings so I can just take a real break, you know. Um, And he encouraged me just like, you know, just give it to God. Like God knows your desires. Like God knows what you need. Mm -hmm. And just hold it in your heart and and God knows, you know, God knows your desires, you know. And um, anyway, so Friday, last day of term, I go back to my desk and there's an envelope and I open up the envelope and the note, like the note says a lot of things, but the note says, um, God really put this on my heart and don't thank me, thank him. And I felt that this needed to be used specifically for time for you and for your family. Um, and like God sees you. And there was $600 in this envelope. And I booked accommodation to go to Canberra that night. <laughs> like, and I was like, cause I knew exactly, I actually took a minute. I was like, God, just in case of being like tested, he like, does this need to, but it was obvious that it, that's what it was for because yeah. this person had no idea what I was going through, had no idea how much I needed just to go away, had no clue, had no clue what my financial situation was like. No, like there was no, no and so it was a clear confirmation that God is just looking out um, for me and knew exactly what I needed. And that covered like our weekend away. And, you know, I was able to take the kids to the zoo and the aquarium. It was amazing. And it was just like, it was just so nice. And so I just, yeah, God, like he, and that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We look at that that and we go, wow, but it's it's nothing. It's even, but I think it's so amazing though. It's because it is, it's nothing in comparison to what, like, I mean, the wondrous and amazing things that he does and he can do. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, about how desperately, like, in that time, like, you needed it and he came through. And But I think it's, like, it's more than that as well. It's, like, he provided, but it's personal. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so personal. Mm. It wasn't, like, you know, like, I have a huge mortgage debt too. You know what I mean? Mm. You want to cover that, God? Like, I'm so <laughs> keen. You know what I mean? I'm so keen to be debt free. But, but the Lord knew. Like, yeah. he's just, like, I need to look after my kid. You know mm. what I mean? Like she needs it. She needs some time out. Like I'm going to look. And he just, he's so good at being God and so good at looking yeah. after us. And I love, and I love that in those moments, it's like you, you even, you get to know him closer because it's like, 
I love the way he works in that personal way because even that person who wrote on the letter, like, knew exactly, like, yeah. why mm-hmm. you needed the money, but you didn't know. Like, yeah. that's, to me, just mind-blowing. I love how he works. Well, Tash, I was going to ask you, mm. for somebody who doesn't know how to pray or what prayer even is, yeah. can you specify, like, what is prayer and how do we even pray? Yeah, it's so good. I think we get, we make things just way too complicated, you know? It's just too, like... It doesn't, it's it's not actually that complicated, you know, and, um, you know, in Matthew six, if you're keen to like actually read the Bible, you're like, what does Matthew six say? (laughs) You know, like, um, Jesus is like, don't, don't just say these sayings like in Babylon, like the religious people do, because Mm -hmm. God knows what you need before you even ask him. Right. And so it's like, he like you know all like at the time like Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees and these people who think that they're pleasing God because they repeat these prayers three times a day and he's like mm-hmm. actually that's not really what cuts it because like God already knows what you need it's so funny because then Jesus actually follows that that um that instruction by saying like you know like God knows what you need before you even ask him and he goes but instead pray like this and so it's like and then he's like, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And, you know, and he gives it, gives us this model. It's not actually the prayer. The prayer is powerful. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I know it. Like, yeah. you know, thank God for my Catholic roots. Catholic roots, we know that prayer off my heart. We can. And like, and there is, there is, like, and there is uh, absolute, there is a place for the that rote memory. Like, you know, like memorizing scripture, memorizing prayer. There is a place for that, especially when your heart is connected to the words that you're saying. Um and that was like a model, but it's interesting because it, like he says, the father knows what you need before you even ask him, mm-hmm. yet he encourages us to pray yeah. because mm-hmm. it's in prayer that relationship is established. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He knows, but you don't know that he knows. Mm-hmm. And by sharing, by you, like by us coming before God and sharing our heart with him, mm-hmm. we get an opportunity to see him provide for us and that reinforces trust, that reinforces faith, and it reinforces our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so really prayer is just a conversation mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. I was telling um, my, like Miss Goff or Emma, <laughs> much she's just Emma to me, and I was telling her like when I was at uni, I was a bit of a psycho. Actually, I still am, whatever. Like my relationship with God is a little unconver- like, what, yeah, unconventional, you know, and I would like literally, I, I can't express to you, like God was my go-to. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't really have best friends. Like I lost, uh, not, I didn't lose friends. Like it just, you know, my my friendship circles changed when I started pursuing a more spiritual journey, right? And so I just like literally God was who I spoke to and I, I went to about everything, you know, everything. And so there'll be a situation going on at uni. I couldn't wait to like get home, lock myself in my room and pray. So I used to put my phone on silent and I used to hold it up to my ear and literally walk on campus. Like, and you know, God, like I was just like this oh situation, like I swear, honestly. That's genius. And That's I was like, so you know, and God, I'm like, and what do you think about this? Like, I really feel like this is, and I would literally wait on the phone as if I was waiting for a friend to respond. And I would literally wait on God to speak back to me because yeah. he speaks to us, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. You talk to your friend on the phone and you expect a response. Sometimes we go like what we think he's praying is actually just complaining. Yeah. We don't pray. You complain because we like, and you know, I taught you girls this in biblical studies, you know, when we go before God, like just say, 
you know, you are highly anxious. You know, you're stressing about it. There's a particular situation that's absolutely triggering you and you need to give this situation over to God. You know, you're full of fear. You're full of like, you just, you're anxious. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. You're full of uncertainty. And so you go before God and you're like, God, like, just like, I just pray that you take away this anxiety away from me. And I just pray Mm. that you like, you know, you'll go before this situation and, you know, take like, you know, just like, you know, and it will be all good and, and, you know, everything will just work out. And I just thank you that you're faithful, you know, like Mm. you're going to work it out in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And you walk out the same way as you walked in. That was not prayer. You just complained to God and you walked out. That's not praying. Praying is, is offering your heart to God actually offering it to God and handing things over. Um, and, you know, and it's funny, like we just read this verse and like the that famous verse in, in, I think it's in Psalms, I hope it's in Psalms, but mm-hmm. that be still mm. and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. When you walk into that space of prayer, the first thing you should do before you open your mouth is just be still. Mm-hmm. And just be conscious of your breath, you know, be conscious of who he is and remember Mm. that he is God and like nothing is impossible for him. And then have the conversation, you know, and like, and just wait on him to respond back to you. And if you don't get anything, it's not that he's deaf and he hasn't heard what you've had Mm. to say. Mm. It's just that maybe, you know, there are some things that, you know, maybe you need to quieten the loud noises in your own soul to hear him clearly, Mm. you know. Or maybe he is speaking, but you're not ready to hear what mm, yeah. he's actually saying. Well, There's so many things. become louder than That's so his good. Voice. Mm. Because I feel like a lot of people, me, sometimes I'm guilty of it to you. I take advantage. Mm. I'm like, I have an opportunity to communicate with the creator of the universe. And I. that's what I do sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I guess, dear God, like, this yeah. happens at engineer, Amen. And I, I don't wait on him to speak back to me. I just don't. Mm. And yeah, that's and then you un- and then you ask yourself, why isn't God speaking to me? Why isn't God me? speaking to me? Like, God, what <laughs> yeah, are you doing? Like, mad at him. And I, something that I love so much is that, like, mm, even, like, I know there are some people who are more open to talking about their faith than others aren't. But I love that, like, when it says, like, it's your relationship with God, it really is your relationship with God. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and we've been having these conversations with you about how it's, like, it not necessarily, like, what the church says or what, Preacher says that, that you know what I mean? Like, that's what a relationship should look like. It's your own. And I think prayer is that really special gift, like what Robin said in last week's episode. She's like, prayer is literally a gift. Mm. Like, it's such a special way of you communicating with with God. Mm-hmm. Like, he's your own God, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the God of everyone. But it's yeah. the way that you you get to know him. Uh-huh. And my golf told me that. Mm. So that's the only time I, I didn't even know. She was like, it's like it's an honor. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah, so good like that. Yeah. Um, people who struggle with kind of knowing their purpose or knowing their calling or, you know, like what should they do with their life, like stuff like that. And, you know, people who maybe don't have a relationship with God or who do, how does how does somebody kind of like know? Like how does how do I know what my purpose is do you know in life? Do you know what's crazy as well what? on that is like for people who don't have faith or don't know like God, it's hard because they don't even know that they have a specific calling or a purpose Mm. Mm. because and you can even touch on this with Tash about how lately you've been having your dreams put in your heart Mm. you know what I mean and they're like good dreams that you want to do with your future Mm. so how do you like I guess my question is like how does a person know what this is such a loaded question as well because it's like we've been asking you so many loaded questions and (laughs) and when you talk about purpose it's like you know it's like 
what is the reason for my life? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's what like is a big question. What Why is am I here? the reason for my life? And it doesn't matter what you do and what vocation or career you end up pursuing. This is the ultimate purpose of your life is to conform into the image of Christ. That is your ultimate purpose. And it's so funny because, you know, earlier we we're talking about Jesus and how incredible Jesus was and how, and like, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but that's you. Do you know what I mean? He is a reflection of who you are and who you're called to be. You're as, a, I know that sounds wild, but you are loved as much as Jesus was loved. You know, like I remember reading that in the book of John. I'm pretty sure that it is in John 16 or 17. Definitely mm. one of those chapters. Mm. And Jesus says, he's praying to the Father and he's like, that you have loved them as you have loved me. And I think sometimes we hold Jesus on this pedestal that God loves him the most. because, But he loves us just as much. And it's like, that's crazy. And like in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says that as we behold him like a mirror, you know, as you stare at yourself in the mirror, you become more aware of what you look like. He's like, but as you behold him, as you behold Christ in the mirror, as you behold him, you start looking exactly like him, you know, and you are being transformed into his image. Now, practically speaking, what does that look like? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, there was this real big, um, there was this, there was this um, trend going on like a few years back where, you know, teenagers would wear this wristband that said WWJD, like, what would Jesus do? You know, and every... Wait, well, it, I wasn't a Christian then, so yeah, I have no yeah, idea yeah, what yeah. was. You missed that part. I missed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, what would Jesus do? And it was yeah. like, literally like in every situation, um, in every situation that you find yourself in, what would Jesus do in this situation? Like, what would Jesus do in this situation? And aligning your heart to become like Christ you know what I mean? When you're in a situation where you have every reason to be offended and every reason to hold offense, that person betrayed me, that person spoke about me behind my back, that person stabbed me. Like, you know, I gave them so much of my time, I gave them so much of my energy, and then they just had the audacity to go and gossip about me. Like, heck no, you can get out of my life. What would Jesus do? Do you know what I mean? There is clearly more issues going on with that person than you realize, and they don't know what true love looks like. And if you know what true love looks like, then the responsibility is on you mm. to show it, you know. Mm. That is purpose. Mm. You are called to manifest love on this planet. That is your purpose. You know, you can manifest love as a janitor. You can manifest love as a teacher. You can manifest love um, as a psychologist, as a checkout chick, as whatever it is, whatever vocation, whatever career path you take, as a student, you know, you do whatever God has put you in, whatever role he has, he has promoted you into, and you steward that season well to the glory of God. And while you're doing it, everything is done in the attitude and in the atmosphere and on the platform and foundation of love because God is love mm -hmm. and that's who you're called to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in the workplace, I feel... If, if you're surrounded by non-Christians, like I know my mum's an example of this. I don't know if I told you this actually, but one of the teachers at her school came up to her and said, um, what did she ask? Like, are you Christian? Or she, it was a he. It was a he, sorry. He went to mom and he was like, uh, but, a question, but like, you're Christian. Like, do you know going to Or do you go like, to church? Actually, I do. What, what made you ask that? And he's like, because no one else would want to do what you're doing. 
Yeah, like in her special ed class, like the way that like, I think it's cool when you say like in, it's just kind of like a subconscious, almost self-awareness where you're like, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And then you act on what Jesus would do. That's what gets people to look at you and be like, what's different? Like what is different? It's not necessarily like getting up on a stage and preaching and then getting off stage and being a completely different person. Mm -hmm. It's in these little moments of life that people look at you and see something different. And then you know in your heart that it's because you're looking like Jesus, like you live with him. And so so like you're here, like you're living. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, absolutely. And it's in those, like what you were saying, it's not, it's not who you are when you're on stage when everyone can see you. It's who you are when you order a meal. You know what I mean? It's who yeah. you are when you're feeling. When you talk to the wait staff. staff. Yeah, yeah. That has always been a thing in my family. We always like see a person's not hard, but like, how are you treating that wait staff? Well, you're so rude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that with that whole idea of like, what would Jesus do? It puts our mind in a different. Like, it makes us conscious of God, right? But, you know, you've got to yield to it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it just becomes religion. And I want to be really careful with that because it's like, oh, what would Jesus do? Oh, Jesus would forgive. Oh, I, but I don't want to. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then you do it, but you, there's no heart to it. Your, your, the, your core value and your heart, like for me, there is no other purpose for me that means more to me than to look like him. Mm, so good. And I will not let anything or anyone, I will not let any offense interrupt that like yeah. that construction in me. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Now that is, I can't express how painful mm-hmm. that journey can be because, you know, there's so many times where I've personally felt like I so have the right to not be the certain way. But then I, but then I remember, but that's not who I am. Because you know what, when you give your life to Christ, the Bible says that in like it's in Second Corinthians chapter five. It says that you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is come. You are literally, you have a completely new nature. It goes against my nature to do the wrong thing. It actually takes more energy for me to hate you mm-hmm. than for me to forgive you. Mm-hmm. Even though in my logical brain, I say, oh my goodness, I would be an absolute foolish person to take you back or to forgive you or to to redeem you in like and see the best version of you despite what you've done. You know what I'm saying? That's foolish in my brain, but my heart can't help it because I literally, I, it's it's a very good problem to have. Almost sometimes it's like it, it almost works against me. I can't help but see the gold in people. Like I really mm-hmm. can't help it. Like and I know that like I – and I think that's so wonderful that God is, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but like mm-hmm. it's so good that God has positioned me in a school because so many teenagers struggle with identity and struggle with seeing the goodness in themselves. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I know you're acting out right now, but this isn't who you are. Like you're actually incredible. Cause, and I'm not saying that to fluff their ego. I literally see past all the dross, all of this like behavior, all of the attitude, I genuinely can see past all of that. And it's like God gives me a glimpse into their spirit. And I'm like, that is who you really are. And until you surrender your life to God, you will keep manifesting this thing that isn't actually who you really are. And so um, it's got to be a real 
genuine and authentic expression when you say, what would Jesus do? You know what I mean? It's got to be, it, it can't come out of this religious sort of like routine. You know what I mean? It like, But it certainly did help me for like a really, I used to write it on my wrist, like what would Jesus do like all the time? And I like at one point I would, Consider getting it tattooed, tattooed onto my, yeah. just be like, what would Jesus do? Oh, you know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, tattoo. yeah. Cool. So anyway, but yeah. Okay. Tash, um, why is it so important to reconnect with God? Mm. This is, did I structure that question right? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, I guess it's like kind of, I guess what I've been saying throughout like our time together mm-hmm. is that, like I said, there are three parts to your being, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you have a body and you have a soul and you have a spirit and your spirit lies dormant until you finally awaken and you reconnect with God and you find out really who you are, you know, and that takes will. You have to surrender your life. The truth is, is that if we don't do that, we'll never know who we really are and you'll always feel lost and you'll always feel displaced and like you have no sense of belonging or grounding because you are, you keep, um, you know, projecting or becoming like being, I suppose, like, or doing things like you do things, but you're not like really being who you really are. You know what I'm saying? And so like, Abby, you mentioned before that there's this void in everyone's soul. And if they don't find that, if they don't find that, you know, void in God kind of thing, like if God doesn't show you that I'm that void and once I come in, I fulfill all things. If we don't find that in God, we're so desperate for a supernatural experience because we are born that way. We are actually created for more than this physical life. It is. And so people find like, you know, getting wasted on on the weekends or taking drugs or, you know, living in this euphoric kind of lifestyle to find fulfillment and this void. And those things work for a moment in time but they're not sustainable and they're not good for you you know what I mean they don't actually lead you to um who you really are they just kind of reinforce these terrible habits and you just stay in the same place because you're not reconnecting with God you know what I'm saying so it's so important to reconnect with God because there is not a single person I've ever met in my whole existence that said I don't really care for my purpose everyone wants to know why am I here? Why am I going through all of this? You know, what is this all for? You know, life has got to be more than, you know, death and taxes. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, I, and I've said this so many times to my students that I have experienced some of the most incredible joys that life has to offer. I really have. I am so blessed. I have a wonderful family. I have incredible sisters. I've got wonderful friends. I have fallen in love. I married the man of my dreams. I have beautiful children. I know what it feels like to carry life inside your body and give birth to it. Like I am like I'm in my dream job. I get to speak life to students every single day. I rub shoulders with my colleagues who are like seriously some of the most incredible human beings that have graced the planet. And yet I can tell you right now that nothing compares to the experience of knowing God personally. Nothing. You know, I know a lot of young people out there are thinking, oh, like once I find that special person, or once I finally get married, or once I finally, whatever your next finally, I'm telling you right now that that finally is a great joy. 
and you should be thankful when it comes, but it's not fulfilling. It's not, it's not true fulfillment because that true fulfillment can only come from God. And that's why it's so important to reconnect to back to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, welcome back to biblical studies. Yeah. <laughs> I can like sit here forever just listening to you talk about it. I kid you not, every time you speak, <laughs> it's true. Remember we come out of Bible being like, really just speak in life over us? Yes, she did. Yeah. This is like C2 again. <laughs> no one listening would know. Remember? Oh, yes, C2. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Oh, that was yeah. the best day ever. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tash, we're going to do something different. Can you wrap us up in a prayer? Oh, sure. People can listen to it. You can close your eyes if you want. Not if they're driving. Not if you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, that would be so bad. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Okay, let's pray. Uh, God, I just want to thank you so much, Lord, for Abby and Paige. And thank you, Lord, for this platform that you've given them, Lord, to speak life into the lives of those who are listening. And I pray, God, for the person who's listening to this podcast right now. I thank you, God, that you know the plan and purpose that you have for them. I thank you, God, that you have made them um, wonderfully, incredibly, God, beautiful. And Lord, I just thank you that, Father, that Um, you have an amazing destiny ahead of them, Father, and that whatever situation that they find themselves in right now, whether it's hard, whether it's, you know, um, bringing distress or bringing hardship, God, you are working this out for their good, that everything you do works out for their good, God. And I just speak a blessing over them right now. I pray, God, that you would stir up a hunger in their spirit. I pray that there would be something in this message today that really struck their heart that really um, causes them to question where they're at in their relationship with you. And I pray, God, that they would come back home. And I pray for these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. I'm going to hate listening to my laugh on this podcast, by the way. I I have the most awkward laugh ever. Fun fact, can I tell you something? This is, I mean, this, it's not going against everything I speak on, but because I've listened to my, A, I'm in the conversation firsthand. Yes. B, I'm listening to my it's brother edit. Like, C, I've listened to it the first time. Every time after I'm listening to it, I skip and, past and my ben bits. And just he, like, he blasts the volume on it. And so it echoes in the entire you house. You from his office and you're like, like oh yeah. my gosh, stop. <laughs> That's just natural though. So no one likes fine. listening to their yeah. voice. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tash, for giving up a night with your kids. Thank you <laughs> thank for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Tash. Thank you. You guys, how amazing was that conversation? We love Tash so much. Guys, leave a review if you have any feedback you wanted to give. We love hearing those messages and the feedback and the reviews and all of that. Guys, we have a really amazing episode planned for next week. And we hope that you guys got some goodness out of this week's episode. So my biggest blessings to you, my friend. Have an amazing week. Bye.